Hello and welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, and joining me this week is Jake. How's it going, Jake? It's going good, Pat. How, how's your week been? Uh, it's been busy uh, <laughs> getting uh, this podcast off the ground. We're still moving some stuff to our new studio. Uh, so there's been um, a lot of activity and um, uh, my my time has been more limited this week than it has been the rest of the month. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I- I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's been it's been busy here as well. Um, yeah, just so so many projects, but it's been fun, and we're we're excited to get a lot of new coffees in right now. So it's been it's been good. Oh yeah, we had we had a for people who don't know, we taste every coffee that comes through the door um, before it goes up on the website. I mean, sometimes there will be coffees that come in that are like oh, we're definitely going to carry this. So because we know the roaster, we know they do good work. We know that this blend is important. Um, so we'll carry we'll carry those coffees either way, but we still taste everything because I write almost all the coffee copy and you handle a lot of the other side of the all the back-end stuff on coffee. Um, and we both consult each other on coffee copy. So we taste a lot of stuff and this was a pretty big week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely highly caffeinated this week, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, So today, we're going to be talking about extraction for a little while. Um, But before we do, uh, did you you have any coffees or gear you're excited about this week? I should note that we're kind of on a little bit of a delay. So coffees that we talk about might be hard to get now, but still. Yeah, yeah, I've actually been really, um, I have a bag of Brandywine's Orbital Motion, which is kind of their their light, just a slightly lighter uh, espresso roast, and they just changed up their packaging, it's, you know, Todd at Brandywine, he makes some beautiful packaging, and he, he does all the designing himself, they just got new packaging, and, you know, it's it's just a really gentle, light espresso that I use in a Super Auto here at home, and it works for everything and it, it tastes really good and I've just been enjoying it every morning. So it's been, it's been great. What about you? Yeah. I remember when they brought orbital moon on, um, at first I was like, I have pretty high expectations of Brandywine. They're probably one of my favorites. Um, just, just in terms of my own palate, that's not a like review of like Brandywine is the objective best. There's no way yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your taste change all the time and stuff. But um, but but they've been one of my solid favorites for the last few years. And um, the Ordal Moon, when I first had it, I was like, I don't know if there's enough here for me. But then I had it as an espresso, and it's really good that way. And it's really good as a pour over too. Um, you just have to uh, get the right, get everything just right on it to get the notes out of it. And it's a what I like is it's a pretty unique seasonal blend in that it is lighter and it has just some notes that I usually associate more with. Um, like uh single origins i guess um not 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 as often seen in in seasonal blends so it's really good i um i have been tasting lots of coffee so i can't think of any specific coffee that comes to mind but i did snag uh one of our uh fellow ode grinder demos oh, um, nice so cuz we were going to be doing all this this tasting i have of course a grinder but I don't, uh, I, 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 it's not quite as fancy for single dosing for pour over as the Ode. So I had been wanting to try the Ode and the, it's, it's a really cool grinder. 
the nice. like the auto stop function on it is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 knocker is really cool. Um, and the I wish the I'm not crazy about the lid on the catch bin, but other than that, everything about it is really really cool. And it was it was fun to use for working through all the samples. Yeah, yeah. I think I did the crew review of the ode, or it was possibly the sneak peek. But yeah, that we had a few videos. Yeah, yeah. That that grinder is is just super nice it you know it's it's specifically meant for single dosing and for people who switch up their beans you know every day every couple days it's uh and you're doing a filter method you know a pour over drip something like that it's it's awesome yeah yeah for sure yeah uh highly recommended if you want a very fancy uh single dosing slow brew grinder which is Mm -hmm. maybe a specific market of people but still i think if you're in it it's it's really good definitely that's cool. So today our subject is um, talking about extraction. So we're going these first several episodes that we're doing. If you listen to episode one, then you know we're going over some of the like foundational knowledge about brewing coffee. And so Jake, you wanted to join for the kind of probably one of the most technical, I guess, mm-hmm. because it's sort of going into the chemical process of coffee brewing. And I'm really glad that you volunteered to join because I'm really bad at chemistry. So I understand how coffee extraction works, but I also don't understand how coffee extraction works. So I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. 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 So, you know, with, with extraction, I think the an important, you know, intro to, to extraction for everybody is what is it? You know, what is mm-hmm. extraction? What are we talking about when we're mentioning extraction? Now, extraction is... Basically, it's, you know, how much of the coffee that you have ground is getting put into the cup of coffee that you're making. It's not just strength, because strength can be modified by a lot of different variables. It's the actual total, you know, soluble material that's within your coffee beans, because there's all sorts of things. There's flavor compounds, there's cellulose, a lot of cellulose in coffee beans, and there's, you know, aroma compounds, bitter, acid, things like that. And it's really the, you know, the extraction of how your water is extracting the solubles in the coffee beans. That's, that's basically what we're talking about. And we're talking about like the chemical process of water molecules bonding with coffee molecules, for lack of a better word. I mean, it's more it's not really coffee molecules, but uh, exactly. This is like this is like literally like the hot water kind of pulling part bits of the coffee off of the grounds. Exactly, exactly. As it passes through into your cup. Yeah, yeah. And water being an excellent solvent, you know, we don't think of water in a, a chemical sense of being a, a great solvent for lots of things, but in terms of coffee, it's it's an excellent solvent. It it does exactly what you need it pulls the molecules as you're saying um out of those coffee beans and gets them into your cup and there's actually a uh, an ideal extraction i guess you would say in terms of percentages and things like that um that's offered by the sca which is the specialty coffee association and so out of a cup of coffee. Here's the exact definition for brewed drip coffee. So coffee shall exhibit a brew strength measured in total dissolved solids corresponding to 1.15% to 1.35% of 
resulting from a solubles extraction yield of 18 to 22%. And that's quite sciencey and it's, you know, it's not something that everybody understands. So in an easier sense, it's probably easier to say that 18 to 22% of your coffee bean gets dissolved at the end of the brew. So that means, you know, 18 to 22% of the weight of your ground coffee will end up in your cup. And then a total of the cup of coffee that you have is going to be that 1.15 to 1.35% of dissolved solids, which means that, you know, 98 point X percentage is going to be just, just water at the end of the day. Right. And that's sort of the, the SEA for people who don't know, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say governing body because it's not like they're making rules necessarily, but it, it, they're, they're a, they're a, a association of like, um, brewers and roasters and, and people who know what they're talking about and have studied this stuff down to exacting sciences like this. And so this is a, a definition of their gold cup extraction, which gold cup is kind of what you'll see on a lot of coffee machines it's like SCA gold cup rated because it's a machine capable of, of meeting these standards that the SCA sets. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's it's quite a big range when it comes to extraction, um, because ultimately the extraction of coffee tastes different to different people, of course, you know, and, and mm-hmm. maybe yep. maybe 1.15% strength is going to be too weak for some people, but it or 1.35% is going to be too much for some people. But that is the the range that scientifically is found to be the most ideal, but that's not necessarily personally the best ideal. And that's, and I think that's important. to. Yeah. And that's like a, a key thing that we're going to be constantly hitting on whenever we talk about anything educational like this is that there's like standards and ideals that have been set by people who do the science and look at the chemistry and stuff. But, so much of this is about what tastes good to you. Um, I know I was talking to a family member. I won't get too specific, but I was talking to a family member and they were like, oh, I like to brew at a ratio of like 22 to one water to coffee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's watery coffee. But they were like, oh, yeah, that's just the way that I like making it. And, and you know, that's fine if that's if 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 you're enjoying a cup of coffee that is not extracted to these standards then there's nothing wrong with that of course i got them some uh one of our our gift subscription boxes for the holidays and they were like oh this coffee tastes good at the real ratio you're supposed to do (laughs) so some of it's a lot of it has to do with your coffee as well exactly exactly and and you know every coffee extracts differently roast level is like a huge a huge player in extraction um light roast coffees being something that extracts slower. So you may need to change a couple of variables when you're brewing to make sure that you're extracting as much out as you can. Um, darker roasts because they are roasted, you know, more darkly at higher temperatures, those oils and the flavor compounds, they want to be released as soon as possible because they're just ready to mm-hmm. go. And so those, you know, with those coffees, it tends to be that extraction happens quicker and you may need to even change some of your variables to make sure that your cup of coffee is not too strong or too, too bitter or too over extracted or anything like that, which we'll get into, um, in just a little bit. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, and yeah, I mean, these are, these are also the freshness plays into this too, right? Like 
to to an extent like like how it plays into all kinds of aspects of of making coffee but um that that's also an important note which and and that means too that like freshly grinding your coffee is going to have a big impact on this stuff versus using pre-ground coffee that's been sitting in a bag for weeks however long um already ground up exactly exactly like with with freshly ground coffee it's just those those volatile compounds that are perfect for extracting by water they're just going to be ever more present and they're going to be you know in present in higher volumes so that you're getting the notes that you want out of your coffee without you know without it tasting flat or too dull um because once you grind coffee it's it's kind of a ticking not not necessarily a ticking time bomb but it is a ticking clock to where you know you are going to lose some of those compounds but you're never going to get back even with the perfect extraction yeah yeah and i i don't it's not the subject of our episode today we'll talk about this in a future episode i'm mm-hmm. sure i also though like to make it clear that your coffee probably lasts a lot longer than you think it does mm-hmm. like there's certainly an optimal it's like a sliding scale there's like an optimal time frame where the coffee is going to take taste the like best chemically um but usually you can i mean i drink coffee sometimes that's a couple months from the roast date that has just been stored in a sealed bag so it's been venting gases and isn't like airtight stored and it tastes fine to me a lot of the time it's not like the it's not like getting a a really delicious single origin a week after roasting and grinding it that day and drinking it but don't worry too much about like freshness is important but it's also not worth um worrying too much when you get your bag of coffee and you're like oh no it's been two weeks since the roast date it's no i can't it's undrinkable now because that's not exactly the case either exactly it just it it kind of plateaus off it's not like a sharp decline after so many days it's just a it's just a plateau to where you know there's it's different for every coffee of course but um you're you're spot on it's just uh a lot of those compounds are going to be there 30 days or or longer depending on the bean um so yeah freshness is important but it your coffee is not going to be uh super flat especially whole bean it's not gonna be super flat or or dull after even a month um and that's something i find is that like freshly grinding your coffee is actually more important to a point than getting it at a like days after it's roasted absolutely absolutely yeah so with that in mind is kind of we have this in our notes doc so it's kind of a leading question but uh how do you know when you've got a really well extracted cup of coffee well that's a good question that's a good question and it's you know it's it's as simple as how does it taste to you um the a lot of the way that you can tell if you are getting a good extraction is basically taste your cup of coffee what does it taste like is it really sour is there a high level of acidity is there a lot of bitterness to where it's almost on like the front of your tongue it's just a cloying bitterness is the is the coffee thin is it thick you know is how's the body because when you're getting sourness out of your coffee it is going to be saying that you are under extracting from a scientific standpoint because when coffee is extracted it's important to think so acidic compounds 
extract at a lower temperature and at a shorter uh, brew time than, say, the more volatile aroma compounds, the sugars, and the bitter compounds. So the acidic compounds really can come out first. So if your coffee is super sour or it's acidic, it's almost lemony, and it's not supposed to be, or you don't really want that out of your coffee, you're probably under extracting. And that's important to note because, um, or another important thing to note is that sourness and bitterness are often kind of hard to tell the difference. So when you're getting, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. When you're getting sour notes, also make sure that you're checking on the, the body or the mouthfeel of your coffee, because those play hand in hand in terms of how your extraction has gone in terms of percentages and time and things like that. Um, but if your coffee is very thin and also kind of sour, probably under extracting, but if it's, if it's heavy and, and cloying and bitter, um, you're probably over extracting and there's a couple of things that you can do to, to change these things. But ultimately is, does it taste balanced to you? Because if it does, then your extraction is most likely close to balanced or ideal. Cause that's, that's the ideal extraction per se is, is to get your coffee balanced, strong, rich, but not too far on either side of the sour or bitter scale. Right. And we talk about like, this often comes up in terms of like espresso, like, Oh my, my shot sour or bitter. And it's important to note that even though it's often more noticeable in espresso, cause like a bad espresso shot tastes really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is a principle that's true across every brew method. Um, like extraction is extraction. The, the way you get there is different based on brew methods, but, um, but, but, this whole sour and bitter thing, you can make a pour over. And if you notice that the water's like draining really, really fast, mm-hmm. then that means it's under extracting. And if you notice that it's just kind of sitting and pooling and sort of a soup in the middle of your filter, then it's probably going to be over extracted when it finally drains through. So just keep that in mind. And those are ways too, that you can kind of, if you have a hard time reading the flavors like the those sour bitter if you watch whether you're pulling a shot or making a pour over or it's harder to do with other methods like immersion brewing but either way you can kind of like watch the water drain and if it's really fast or the shots coming out really fast it's probably gonna be under extracted exactly exactly and and i guess that's a good segue into kind of how how can you resolve extraction issues and Mm -hmm. you know with with as you're saying the a quick shot or a quick percolation say on a pour over or even on drip um you know there's there's definitely things that you can do to slide the scale one way or the other towards being more balanced if you like bitterness more more over extracted if you like the acidity less extracted um and probably the most important thing for most brew methods is going to be, you know, grind size because grind size is kind of the key holder to to how quickly those particulates can extract. And I think when you're going coarser on a on a grind, those are large particulates and they're going to be something that is not very quickly extracted because there's there's not as much total surface area 
from you know one coffee bean in in really coarse grind as there would be on a really fine grind and the the grind size being coarser is going to lead to slower extractions you're going to have less chance to over extract on a coarse uh grind but that also means that you also have a much higher chance of under extracting on a coarser grind and shifting that grind size from coarser to slightly finer if you're noticing that it is under extracted can definitely help increase your level of extraction um and vice versa if your if your grind size is too fine you can go just a little bit coarser if you're noticing it's soupy muddy bitter heavy and that's not what you're wanting coarser is is usually going to be the answer to sliding the over extraction back down to mm-hmm. balance and that's part of why you use a coarser grind setting when you're brewing like uh, a press or um, a cold brew because exactly. you are obviously in those immersion brewing styles it's gonna sit the, the water's the coffee's gonna sit in the water and just kind of sit and extract rather than passing through the grounds so you can the same principles apply for how you can adjust grind size to get a different result, but it's going to have more of a, like if you adjust the grind size, then you'll want to adjust the amount of time that you're letting the coffee steep um, accordingly to, to kind of get the right, the right extraction. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is that extraction time it's all these, all these variables are kind of a, a, a network, you know, they're, they're right. a net of, of getting your coffee to taste great at the end of the day and extraction time for, especially for percolation methods, um, is, is almost a side effect of grind size. It's not necessarily something you can influence yeah. because right, right. your water is going to go through as gravity. Quickly. Exactly. Exactly. In pressurized brew methods, it's a little, it's a little different because you're, yeah, but, it's not that much different because you're still brewing. I mean, you're not going to go and change the amount of pressure that your machine is putting through. You can do that with like pressure profiling on Mm -hmm. super high end machines. But if you're brewing a shot on a barista express, um, you're it's, you don't have that fine control over the, the, the pressure that the water pump is pushing water through. That's true. That's true. And and you can, you can use pressurized port filters. You can change your tamp, but still, Exactly, exactly. And time, um, with all else being equal, is is a great determinant in, in your extraction. You know, if you've got your grind size dialed in and your coffee is tasting, you know, good, but it's not tasting excellent, extraction time is is something that you may want to just account for as a variable or at least keep track of. You know, when I'm doing pour overs at home, I'm I'm writing down how long the total brew time is when I'm not tasting something right, because then I can figure out, you know, is it, is it maybe that I could pour a little faster? Is it, could I pour a little slower? Is it a grind size issue? Is it, you know, a a number of different issues, but time is kind of one of those variables. That's both a symptom and a, you know, a, just a great variable to to keep a metric of in any brew method mm-hmm. like because you know everybody says 25 to 30 second espresso shot let's say a three minute chemex you know six to eight minute drip coffee those are all time variables and those are all really 
important because they're showing you that this time is probably where you're getting the best extraction from your beans. Right. But it can also be hard to, to like you're saying, do anything other than change the grind size. So one and the grind size and the time are so incredibly linked because the only way you can get your pour over your Chemex, for example, to, to extract slower is by changing the grind time. You can't really, you, you can do things like use a gooseneck kettle that gives you the optimal flow rate of water from your, uh, from, from your kettle to the grounds. But again, it's just kind of gravity. So exactly. There's, exactly. there's not a whole lot of control you can exert over that. Yeah. And that's, and that's with all else being equal. Cause there's, you can definitely like, you know, we could change the brew ratio, but that's not the, the point of making your extraction ideal. That's a, that's a completely different thing. That's, that's going with strength. Um, right. But you're right. Grind size is, is, is basically the, the only variable that you can control if everything else is ideal to change your extraction time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, there is something to say about if your grind size is great and your extraction time is right in line with, you know, what's maybe what someone says is ideal 25 to 30 seconds for espresso or something like that. Yeah. And you're still not tasting the right level of balance Water temperature is something that you can vary on some machines and some kettles and things like that. And it is important to think that hotter water is a better solvent. So it does extract at a higher rate than, say, lower water. You know, the SCA gives a range of 195 to 205 for a ideal, you know, level of extraction and their gold cup standards. But it's important to think. 195 degree coffee in Fahrenheit uh, to 205 degree Fahrenheit water in coffee is going to brew considerably differently. Yeah, totally. Um, and and I think, well, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always, my understanding has always been too that you can vary water temperature a bit to affect extraction, but the most important thing is to stay in that range and stay consistent within that range so that you're not starting a brew with water that's at 195 Fahrenheit or water that's at 205 Fahrenheit and then finishing your second pour in a pour over or whatever at 195. Like you you want to have consistent water temperature throughout because it makes that a stable variable. Exactly. Exactly. If you're going to be changing water temperature, you know, that's going to be something that's a pretty, um, it's a pretty subtle change if you're changing it over the whole brew, but definitely right. you want it consistent because, you know, if you're, if your kettle is 205 at the start and 195 at the end, you don't really know what it was in between, you know, totally. in, yeah. in terms of the brew temperature, you know, the, the 195 to 205 is the temperature range of the actual water hitting the coffee. It's not what it's coming out at the, you know, at the spout. At oh the yeah. No cup. Um, but especially on like pour overs or drip coffee, yeah, consistency is is going to be huge because it's and if you're not consistent with water temperature, it's going to be really really difficult to um, use it as a variable because it's just ever changing. You want it to exactly. be fixed almost. Ideally, what you're doing is relying on a fixed water temperature and then adjusting your grind size 
to, I mean, if we're talking about drip or pour over or even espresso, generally the, the variable that you're changing is grind size. Um, there's instances where like, you know, you talked about 25 to 30 seconds extraction time. That's like good. That's what you want for 90% of espresso. That's going to result in a, in a good shot, a well-extracted shot. Sometimes I have had espressos that needed like a 40 second extraction time for them to really shine. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty, uh, that's kind of higher level stuff when you're going to those kind of larger changes to the water temperature and time variables. So the key with water temperature again is like knowing what the temperature is when the water's hitting the coffee. And that's something that, uh, I think is important to touch on, even though it's probably not something you're going to adjust much. Mm -hmm. It's important to mention because this is where I think my theory anyway, I haven't done the research, but a lot of people come away thinking they don't like coffee is because they have coffee that's out of a maybe 25 year old commercial drip brewer at an airport or something, or they have coffee out of a Mr. Coffee that costs like $40 at, at like a thrift store or whatever. And those, a lot of lower end drip brewers, coffee makers, the classic coffee maker, they don't have heating elements that provide that consistency. So they're either a lot of the times they're starting really hot and going maybe over that 205, not quite into boiling, but it's all, it's starting off by scorching the grounds with super mm-hmm. hot water and then not keeping the temperature consistent, letting the temperature fall as it completes the brewing process. So you get this wild brew that's like scorched and then also cold, colder at the end. So there's no kind of evenness to the extraction at all. So uh, that's why, you know, the drip brewers that we sell are going to be better for that. And, and, I'm not necessarily trying to shill them. Just generally you want a drip brewer. If it has that SCA gold cup rating, great. You're good. Um, and then there's some that don't too, that, that still are capable of that sort of stable temperature rating, but you really want to get one. Even if you can't control the temperature, you want one that has a heating element that's quality enough to maintain those temperatures. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, yeah, you're right on those, on some of the drip brewers. Cause it's basically boiling the water as fast as it can pouring that over the grounds and then it kind of just tapers off. You know, there's all sorts of graphs that we could take a look at um, that show that that is not ideal um, for a variety of reasons, but scorching your grounds and yeah, then getting under extraction, it's, it's really confusing to the taste buds. Um, And I know most people at home probably have had, you know, what I would refer to as office coffee and that's not to, to jab anybody. It's just, that's kind of what the, you know, big, you know, the big pot with the, with the red or black handle, um, coffee tastes like just because the extraction is not, uh, super, super consistent. All right, cool. Well, um, I think that's going to do it for this, this, uh, extraction episode of the Seattle coffee gear podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Jake for all of your, expertise here um if you have questions that you'd like to hear read on the podcast drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to let us know in a review on your podcast platform of choice uh, and tell a friend too if you've got someone that that uh, is interested in getting into coffee 
Uh, for all of your coffee needs, be sure to check out seattlecoffeegear.com for equipment, cleaning supplies, accessories, the coffee itself. Uh, head over to our blog and YouTube for more educational informative, and informative content about all things coffee as well. And we will see you next episode. Thanks again. Thanks again.